wonderful worship that has been in this place today. I told somebody that last week it was exciting because it was new, and this week it was work. It was an effort, but I am thankful that you have made the effort to get here. Not what we're used to, but I am of the opinion that we can make life what we want it to be. I love how the Lord speaks to our people. After service last Sunday, Sister Leon sent me a text Sunday afternoon, and this is what she said. During the service, the Lord gave me a word for you to consider that this shift is like the Ark of the Covenant. Everywhere the Ark went, the blessing came. Obed-Edom's house was blessed for three months because the Ark was in it. Today we brought the glory of God into Friendswood ISD. We are the Ark. Amen. We are the Ark. And wherever we go, we should pray that God bless and put things in divine order in that location because we have been sent there to sanctify that place. Those people will walk in that building tomorrow and won't know what hit them. But it will be the power of God that we left behind this morning. That place and wherever else we might go will never be the same again. We should all pray that God's will be done and for them to be placed in position for His blessings to flow. That wherever we go becomes holy ground. Because this place has become a tabernacle of the Lord today. And whatever else it has been used for on Sunday morning, it is going to be used for the glory of God. Because we are the ark. And wherever we go, that glory is going to go with us. That's why we can rejoice this morning. That's why we can shout. I don't think anybody's ever shouted like somebody shouted this morning around here because of the glory and the presence of God. And that is worth everything. Amen. I can live through anything when I know God's there. And I can put up with a lot of stuff as long as I know God's going to get me through it. Amen. And I've lived long enough to know that God will do just that. He'll get you through it, whatever it is that you are having to go through. And I believe that God is with us. So thankful for Brother Clyde and the music team for working so hard, getting here early, setting up the great worship and the great spirit of praise. Let me give you a little update uh, as to where we are. And uh, perhaps if you pray a little harder... Uh, things will go a little faster, but as it is right now, we probably are going to be here another week, possibly two. Uh, the gym is going to be hopefully available for our daycare to move back in a week from Monday, but it will not be finished by any means. Probably, realistically, we are looking at uh, probably three months or so before we're going to be back in our sanctuary and if that's if everything goes well, if we have any hiccups along the way, it could be longer. We will be able to be back in the gym and have service there quicker, but we will need to come here for another Sunday or two. And we can do that. I, I believe we can do that. Thankful that the school opened up a room for our kids to have Sunday school. 
and did not charge us extra for that. We're thankful for their help and kindness. And I think a lot of that is due to the relationship that Brother Clyde T. has with the leadership here in the Friendswood School District. And I am thankful that God's put people in the right place at the right time. Amen. Aren't you glad Brother Clyde T. and Sister Laurel are back home? Amen. As we announced last Sunday, we passed out cards. We're going, because of the situation that we're in, uh, it's going to be impossible for us to have a midweek service for uh, a lengthy period of time. And rather than just uh, lose connection, we're going to start small group meetings this week. And we have assigned everybody in the church to a small group. Now, if you don't like the group, pray over that and God will help you. But I'm asking you to go to it and uh, participate. There are several of you that responded uh, that you would be willing to host uh, a small group meeting in your home. If you did not and you're willing to do that, if you'll see me after church, we will put you on the list. But I need to see these folks immediately after service so we can coordinate where our meetings are going to be this week. Uh, uh, Chad and Shannon Wilpitz, James and Leanne Hughes, Terry and Sherry Long, uh, Keith and Beverly Sanders, Alan and Sharon Portman, Randy and Dina Stafford, Buddy and Vicki Hodges, Landon and Sarah Long, Jan Jones, Leroy and Elaine Long, Norma Callender, Robert and Edna Miller, Nora Freeman, Kenneth and Kimberly Baker, Charles and Duane Hughes, Brandon and Angel Cloud, Nubia Parsons, Duane and Bobby, Sue McConathy, James and Diane Duval, Gay and uh, Gay McDaniel, and Harvey Vickery. All of these have opened their home for us to have small groups. And so what we've tried to do is divide our groups up into the area where you live and make it as convenient as possible. This Wednesday night at 730 if you go out the door and look on the right, there's a list of the small groups. The name that is highlighted will be the person who will be leading that group. Uh, there are others that will be helping out as we go through this process. We're all going to be doing the same thing every week, and so it's going to be a way of keeping all of us connected during this uh, reconstruction and interim time. So I would ask you to be a participant and go, I promise you, it will be a blessing this week especially because our focus this week is going to be on prayer and praying over many things that are needed during this transition time. I would also like to ask you to look around this morning. I know this is a holiday weekend and we have some that are out of town because of that. But if you see somebody that's missing, would you make a phone call today or tomorrow and just say, hey, missed you Let's not let anybody fall through the cracks while we're, we're trying to keep roll. We're trying to keep up with everybody, but sometimes that becomes a little difficult. But I believe God's going to help us. I'm thankful for the willingness, the outpouring of commitments that were made last Sunday was overwhelming to me uh, when Brother Landon and Sister Sarah sent me the um, paperwork after they had compiled the list. It was amazing to see how our church responded. That's just the kind of people that you are. I'm glad that I am a part of that. And I'm thankful that God is going to be with us all the way. Now, as we go along, we will probably make some adjustments to those, uh, those small groups. But for the time being, if you could 
stay involved and stay active, uh, it would be a great help to your pastor. My mind right now is pretty close to the border of being fried, but um, God's going to help us. There's so many things that are going to have to be made decision-wise, and we have the opportunity. uh, uh, Adversity always produces opportunity. I told you that last week. And already uh, some things that we had wanted to do that we had not been able to do because of finances and other issues. I've talked with the contractor this week, and he said, if you want to do it, Let's do it now. I said, well, what if we don't have the money? He said, we'll find the money somewhere. We'll take care of it. We'll get it done. So, amen. God's going to help us. Thankful. So we're going to plan to move our entryway out and include a little larger area for our foyer. And it's going to be exciting. Uh, As soon as our church family can be of any help, I will let you know right now. We're just following the boss's orders, and that is let them do what they have to do, and then whatever part we can play, uh, we will be allowed to do that. I'm thankful that God has sent us a man who can help us, and he has been, Henry Labrie has been a friend to our church already, and uh, he is doing his best to make sure that we come out of this better than we came into it, and that's a good feeling. Amen. I am thankful for that. If you have your Bibles for a few moments this morning, I want to direct you to two passages of Scripture, one in the book of Genesis, one in the book of Exodus. And we're going to read Genesis, the seventh chapter. And I want to begin reading with verse number 17, Genesis chapter 7, verse 17. It's good to have my brother home today. I, I was with him Friday night, but I didn't know he was going to be here this morning or you'd have got to hear him preach. I'm sure he has a whole lot more to say than I'm probably going to have. But anyway, need that be as it is. Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 17. And the Bible said, And the flood was 40 days upon the earth. And the waters increased. I want you to underline certain words. Flood. Underline that. Big bold letters. And the waters increased. Underline increased. Everything was getting worse and worse. And yet the next part of that verse says, And bear up the ark. And it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed. They prevailed over every mountain, over every living creature, and were greatly increased upon the earth. And again, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died that covered, that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and beast, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. All 
in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the earth, on the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. I love how the scripture put it. The waters prevailed and were increased greatly, and the ark went up upon the face of the waters. Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1 and verse number 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed mighty and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who knew not Joseph and he said unto his people, Behold, the people children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities Python and Ramesses. And verse 12 says, But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Amen. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And the Bible said, And they were grieved. Egypt was grieved because of what God was doing through His people in a time of trouble. Amen. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about turning trouble into triumph. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the most beautiful and most admired of flowers that's known to man is the orchid. There is nothing that is more delicate and beautiful than that flower. When I was a child, it used to be the flower of choice for Mother's Day because it was rare, it was expensive, it was what they made the corsages out of for all the banquets that we attended. But it was just beautiful. Its beauty, though, belies its situation one would think that a flower that was so beautiful would have the choices of soil to grow in. And yet the truth is that it grows in spite of its soil. The beautiful orchid blooms so delicate and so elegant. It arises out of a complex relationship with, of all things, fungi. It grows out of a fungus. I don't know about you, but I've never been turned on very much by fungus. 
I watched our building over the last few days, how the elements have taken their toll, and in just a matter of a few days, black spots begin to appear on the wall from the moisture. And I look at that, and I think that's typically what happens when things are left to nature. But out of that type of environment grows the beautiful orchid that we have learned to love and cherish. It is a classic example of beauty and the beast. Amen. It is gorgeous meets gross. And yet out of that environment, the mystery of how something so beautiful could come out of something so repulsive has even the scientists of the Smithsonian Institute studying it even to this day to figure out how that relationship could produce such beauty. During World War II, they say that nearly a hundred species of plants that were strange to London, England, began to spring up in the bombed out and burned out areas of the war-devastated city. Botanists came in and they studied and they theorized that the bombing and the burning had changed the chemical properties of the soil and had made the earth suitable for the growth of plants whose seeds had been there all the time, but the conditions were not right for them to grow. But after the bombing and the burning, the conditions were so that those seeds began to sprout and grow. And over a hundred species of plants that were strange to that city began to bloom out of the desolation of war. The searing of the earth had brought about conditions that were conducive to growth. I just wonder what seeds have been laying in the ground around this community for years that a flood is about to bring to fruition. Amen. I just wonder what has been dormant, lying around us, unknown to any of us, and yet the present condition that we find ourselves in is going to produce a revival that is greater than anything that we ourselves could have imagined. We would have not played out the storyline the way it has gone But God in His infinite wisdom knows what it takes to bring the seed to fruition. Some plants turn trouble into triumph. And I believe that this church is going to learn to do the same thing. What seeds are hidden in the soil of our own soul that adversity is going to bring out a beautiful growth of blessing and improvement? Of all the differences that exist among people, this is one significant thing that is to be noted. That when trouble infects the root of human life, some people die and other people thrive. I don't know about you this morning, but I choose to live and not die. Amen. I thought this morning how how uncomfortable it has been over the last week. And how disconcerting it has been to go for something that you are used to going for and finding that it's not there anymore. 
knowing that somewhere in the boxes, somewhere out in a storage facility, there is a container that has what you're looking for, but you can't put your hands on it. I woke up this morning and I wrote down, Lord, these things trouble me. It is not just the fact that we are going through the storm, but it's what the storm does to us. And it's that unsettledness of soul that it brings to all of us, that uncertainty of how it's all going to turn out. I'm here to tell you that whatever the storm might bring, the ark of God is capable of enduring whatever the storm may bring. Amen. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. Great art often arises out of tribulation. They say that Mozart wrote the immortal requiem while living in the presence of a threatening death. It wasn't until blindness struck John Milton that his most brilliant poetic things bloomed. Robert Louis Stevenson did most of his writing while he was confined to a bed by a physical weakness. The innumerable benefits that come from our sorrow-filled days are really more than we can imagine. You see, ideal conditions are typically not good conditions for growth. They are usually sterile. It takes an upsetting. It takes a turning of the sod for the seed to really find the place it needs to be to grow. Nothing of real growth ever comes from easy circumstances. If it does sprout up, it will soon die because of the sun. But when the earth has been turned upside down and the seed has fallen into the crevices of the ground, it will then find its roots and grow up strong. Wherever you find strong and vibrant people or strong and vibrant churches, you will find them overcoming adversity. You will find them overcoming handicaps. You will find them overcoming struggles and sorrows and disappointments and setbacks. They have come to understand that spiritual greatness does not come from easy time, but it comes from troubled time. And out of trouble can come triumph. Absorbing it and making it beautiful. Absorbing it and making it useful in its life. The Bible says that when the waters begin to fall and the rains came and the levels of water began to rise, there were those who looked around and said none would survive. I'm here to tell you that they were wrong. There were those who survived, the ones who were God-built. Those were the ones who survived. The God-built person can outlast any storm. The God-built church can outlast any flood. The God-built church can float above any adversity. When the waters come down, the church ought to rise up. There's nothing here to put us down today. The things that have happened to us have fallen out for the furtherance of the gospel. And some of us need to believe that this morning and start acting like we're in the house of God. Because where we are right now is a divine assignment by God to get us out of our routine and our rut and make us grow and make us rise up and find what is great and mighty in the power and purpose of God for our life. The Bible said that when the waters increased, they overcame everything. 
everything but the ark. Amen. I heard the other day that we're in for another six or seven inches of rain. I just smiled and said, come on. When you've been through hell and back, what's a few more inches? <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm not bothered by the weatherman, and he doesn't scare me, even if a hurricane comes blowing in right now. I know this much. There's no storm that's going to come to this church that's going to put it under. There is no storm that's going to come to you as a person that can put you under because God made you to survive the storm, and he put in you what it will take to cause you to rise up above it all. When the waters begin to fall, the church begin to rise. Amen. The more the waters rose, the more the ark rose. I'm not expecting bad things to happen to our church. I'm expecting better things. Amen. I'm expecting us to be forced into a growth mode that we've talked about and we've wanted, but we didn't know what it was going to take to get us there. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to talk about having a baby. But it's another thing to have one. And every mother said amen. The Bible may say you soon forget your sorrows, but I think some of you probably still remember those hours. Because I remember those hours <laughs> with my wife. Oh, we talk about wanting revival and growth and all of that, but we want it on our terms. And God said, you know what? If you really want what you say, I can bring it. You may not like the way it comes, but I can bring revival. But I have learned this week and I have learned through the mercy and the majesty of God's grace that the more it rains, the more the ark rained over the rain. That the higher the waters rose, that the higher the church should rise. That the more trouble comes, the more triumph there's going to be. That the more adversity we face, the more advantage that we are going to have. That the more we suffer, the more we're going to be in glory. The more that we're going to be satisfied in His presence. The waters could destroy everything but what God had built. And I'm here to tell you that floods or water or hurricane or wind or hail or tornadoes or whatever else might happen in our community Unity will never destroy the God-built church that has been in this community for a long time. Let's praise Him together, right? Amen. What buried others bore up the ark. What destroyed other things only helped them to rise higher. That which broke down some things bore up the ark. The more the water increased, the higher the ark was lifted. The waters prevailed, the Bible said, but the ark overcame it all. The waters not only lifted the ark, but it moved it. And I believe that that's the process that we're in right now. It's moved us. It's moved us out of our comfort zone. It's moved us out of where we're normally used to sitting. You know what I've learned about some people? They can't even worship God if they have to go sit in a different pew at church. But you know what? God said, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to put all of you in a place where you're going to have to find a new location. And you're going to have to find a new place to praise me. But I learned something that's standing down here at the front of this auditorium on this seat. I can worship Him just like I can on the front pew at Greater Life on, 50, on FM 528. 
that I don't have to have a particular building as long as I have a particular presence. That's all that matters. If I can feel the touch of God, if I can have His hand upon me, I can do it in a barn. I can do it in a sanctuary. I can do it on the street. I can do it in an auditorium. I just come to tell you that a storm is not going to destroy me. Amen. Amen. The waters move them. And it's going to move us. It's already moved us. Moving us to higher ground. Moving us to better places. We're going to be better when we're through with this than we were when we came into it. Our church is going to be better. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be more beautiful than it ever was. It's not a setback. It is a setup. We didn't know how we were going to do it, but God knew how we could get it done. And I refuse to be fearful and doubt what God is doing in this moment of time. The proudest waves can only serve to lift us higher. Amen. The heaviest rains can only bear us up closer to the glory world. Amen. Somebody said amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 1 says that the pressures were put upon God's people. And the more the pressure came, instead of crushing them, it multiplied them. Oh God, I pray that this pressure that's on us right now will not crush us, but cause us to multiply. That everywhere we turn, we began to see growth. They became more fruitful amid their frustrations. What a way to live. And the Bible says that it grieved their enemy. When I read that, something inside of me said, Oh, God, help us to give the devil the biggest heartburn he has ever had. Amen. He thought he was going to dislocate us. Maybe he thought he was going to fill our hearts with fear. I'm not blaming the devil for the storm. I'm not giving him that kind of credit. I don't even believe he got enough in his uh, arsenal to come up with something that way. But I know he can take advantage of situations. And he comes in after the flood and he starts filling your mind with all these fears and worries and and just the dislocation and, and having to be in a strange place and all of that. But, oh, God, I pray that this church would rise up in such a fashion that instead of being crushed by our pressures, that we begin to multiply. And we give the devil the biggest heartburn that he has ever had. That instead of it crushing us, it causes us to grow. That instead of causing us to lose out with God, we get closer to God. That instead of dividing us, it brings us together. That instead of causing us to question God, it makes us trust Him even more. That instead of being unfaithful, we make up our mind that we are going to be counted among God's chosen. That instead of losing our focus, that we get a clearer vision of what God wants of us to do. That we would cause grief in the regions of hell. That in this community, there would be a sound and a wave of glory that would begin to wash down the streets of this community. There has been an attempt for years to establish a church in Friendswood, and it has fought everything that hell could put up against it. But God has put us here for a reason, and I believe that we can set a tidal wave. Moving from this building, there could be a wave of glory that begins to rush out of this building and down the streets of this community so that when we get ready to leave here, there is a seed planted that the devil can never uproot. Amen. Amen. And frustrate his kingdom more than anything else we could do. 
I want this church to experience revival in the midst of reconstruction. And I believe that can happen. I believe we can grow amid the grievous. And there's a lot to grieve us. When you walk in and see our building tore up like it is, and you wonder, will it ever come back together? The Lord said, yes, and it will come back better. Miracles in the midst of mayhem. Wouldn't that be wonderful that in one of your small group meetings, while you're having prayer one for another, that the hand of God laid on somebody and healing is, is, is brought into the house. Wouldn't it be wonderful that oppression produced overcomers, that people come into a small group setting and they feel the touch of God and their adversity is turned into advancement. Someone might ask, how can good come of this? I'll tell you how it can. When you're God built, nothing can put you down. Amen. Trouble can seek you or it can save you depending on what you allow it to do to you. But when you're God-built, it doesn't matter how much it rains, we're going to rise. Amen. I said we're going to rise. Rain? Come on. Amen. Brother Henry told me this week, he said, Brother Hughes, that was a church I was doing work on not long ago. And he said, we had just got a building finished. And I was leaving and they called me and said, you've got to get back. We've had another flood. Another building. They just got it finished. He left and was getting ready to get on an airplane to fly home. They called him and said, you've got to come back. We just got hit by a tornado. We've got to start over. Now what happened? The church got stronger. Amen. The church grew. And before it was all over with, they had a sanctuary that they would have never had under any other circumstance. Now, I don't like having to build that way, but if that's the way God says we're going to get to build, that's all right with me. I'm not afraid of what the weather's going to do. I'm not afraid of what might happen. I don't, I'm not even afraid of the, uh, of the appraisers and all of the insurance folks that want to grieve your spirit and put out your fire and, and, and frustrate you. I, I've learned this much about God. God... People will survive. Amen. And we're going to rise, and as the water rises, we're going to just keep rising. Amen. So whatever happens, it's going to turn out for the good. I am convinced of that. And you can stand anything that life throws at you when you're God-built. The harder the blow, the greater the glory. And instead of succumbing to the things that come against us, why don't we let them lift us to a higher place? Why don't you let the Spirit of God draw you closer to Him this morning in this sanctuary? Why don't you let the things that have fallen out to you turn your heart to a closer relationship with Him? What could keep you down this morning when God is trying to lift you up? Instead of letting it put you down, why don't you allow it to release something in you that will cause you to rise to a new height. Let's stand together. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, if an orchid can do it, I think we can too. Amen. I said if an orchid can do it, I believe we can do it too. I just wonder what God's trying to accomplish in all of us. 
I wonder what God's trying to do in each of us this morning, putting us in places. Some of you have been through some trials over the last few years that have just almost been more than we could bear. Almost. But we're still here. Amen. We're still here. Amen. I said we're still here. Amen. And before it's over, when it's all said and done, we're going to be better. I believe that. But I'm just wondering this morning, at the close of this service, I wonder what God's trying to to bring me to. A higher level commitment, consecration, making up my mind I'm going to serve Him, quit playing around with the world and things of the world, and just sell out to God. That's the only way to really live anyway, just sell out. So that no matter what happens, no matter how hard it rains, no matter how bad the storm All it's going to do is just lift you a little higher. Amen. Going to draw you a little closer to Him. It can do that if you let it. But if you're holding on to the wrong things, I can't promise you anything. There came a time when God said to Noah, it's time for you to get you and your family in the ark. Anybody that will come, it's time to get in. They brought all those animals in. The people all came in. And the door was shut. I am certain that they were no different than we are. If any of you were forced to go into an ark this morning, I think most of you would be wondering, well, what's going to happen to my furniture? What's going to happen to my car? What's going to happen to my yard? What's going to happen to my investments? But they let go of that because what God was taking them to was better than what they were leaving behind. And so <clears throat> there's a few things we're going to have to let go of. I think most of all, we're going to have to let go of our human pride that makes us feel like we're owed some things. God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe me anything. So really, use I don't understand. It seems like more adversity comes to our church than any other church around here. Well, it may be. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. I think everybody has their share of adversity. But if that be the case then that simply means that God knows that you can bear it or He wouldn't put it on you. That means this church is a lot stronger than you give yourself credit for. But we're going to have to let go of some stuff. There's going to be some things that we're just going to have to say, you know what, it really doesn't matter. It's amazing how many things we get hung up on in life that we feel like we can't live without, we can't go without them. You know, I've got to have this, I've got to have that until you get in a tight place and then you realize what really matters. And you start throwing some things overboard. So you know what? I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. Amen. But don't ever 
Don't ever, whatever you do, don't ever get out of the ark because that's the only thing that's going to survive. Amen. Let go of everything you have to let go of, but don't ever let go of the ark. Stay in that place of safety. And if you will, however hard the fight, however tough the battle, however difficult the problem, all it's going to do is just lift you a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Amen. The waters covered the earth. The Bible says they were 20 feet minimum above the mountaintops. And the ark was above it all. No matter how high the waters rise, no matter how much trouble comes, there's something in you that will help you rise above it all. You ought to lift your hands and thank God for that right now. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, thank you for your presence here right now. Thank you for your power here right now.